You're listening to Well Met. Well Met. A Hearthstone podcast brought to you by blizzpro.com. Well Met. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 241 of Well Met, a Hearthstone podcast brought to you by bluespro.com. Today is Friday, September 11th of the year 2020, and here in Kansas City, I am your host, J.R. Cook, and I am joined by my uh, normal crew over in New Hampshire. Going to start off with Mr. Danny Donuts. How's it going, Danny? Hey, J.R., nice to be back. Yeah, It's uh, it's been a couple weeks. So, yeah, but it's always fun to get back to the swing of things. Yeah. Um, and then your uh, backyard partner over there, Mr. Ray C. How's it going, Ray? Hello, hello. Uh, it's been going. I don't know. Same old, same old every day. A little, little bit boring, but you know. Uh, yeah. It's been, <laughs> been fun to stream and stuff. It's yeah. been going well. I started streaming even. I know. I saw. I think I watched you one day. Yeah, you actually followed me. I was like happy because I had one follower now. It was Ray. I know. Actually, Danny had, Danny had already followed me before, so I actually had two followers now. So yeah, I remember you were comparing <laughs> when I joined and watched your stream. You compared me to being like your mom watching your stream. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Ray was like my second mom watching my stream. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Are you winning, son? Are you winning, son? <laughs> oh my god, I saw an I saw an Among Us meme that was like an Are you winning, son? One that was like so good. Was that the one where it just like the guy just kept coming in and Are you winning, son? And uh, it it would like pan out to like the the ghost. You know, he didn't win, and then it would like go to another one and Are you winning, son? And just kept. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, there was a couple of them that were really good. There was even an animated one that was really good, too. That was, like, it was super sad, actually, because you know how there's, like, the little, like, you can buy, like, um, a, a like a pet to follow you? Yeah. There was, like, the little Among Us pet, and, like, you just see the big one getting murdered while the little guy just watches. It was so <laughs> sad. And then I, like, the tweet was, like, I'm never going to kill anybody with a pet ever again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've been uh, I've been streaming some Fall Guys. I need to start streaming some Hearthstone too, um, and then get Ray to come over and help me be good at the game. So, um, but uh, no, Ray, you've been you've been streaming some Hearthstone and some Among Us lately as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've been streaming a little bit of Among Us, but mainly just Hearthstone. I've been averaging a lot more lately. I've been like fifty to a hundred people a stream usually. Yeah, I see that you're nice. normally around top 100, top 150 when you're streaming too. Oh yeah, for like my rank. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much always around top 100. Like, it's so hard to climb up or down. Like, I mean, I guess it's easier to climb down to lose, but like the MMR, like once you hit legend, like I always enter legend around top 100 since I always finish around top 100. So I just like never, like I'm playing paladin pretty much exclusively 
So I think it's not quite tier one, which is something you really probably need to be playing if you want to hit top 16. But it's also not so bad that I can't get like at least a slightly above like my win rates around 57 percent and like top 100 legend over hundreds and hundreds of games. Yeah, which is not going to be good enough for like a top whatever finish, but it's going to be good enough to consistently just like be high ranked, which is nice. So I'm just kind of chilling. Yeah. How about you, Danny? What have you been up to? Just work? Oh, I've taken a, a bit of a... Well, there's been work. That's always a constant thing in my life. But uh, right. I've been playing a lot of TFT recently because the new set came out on PBE. So I've taken a little break from Hearthstone for the past week. I've just been playing TFT. But uh, I'm, I'm really liking the set for TFT so far. But um, I've been playing Hearthstone a little bit here and there. Because there was... Um, there was a set like 15 minute queue on PBE. So I was doing like what league players did when Hearthstone originally came out and in queue for league, I was playing Hearthstone games. So <laughs> that brought back some nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I've been playing a little bit here and there. Um, the thing is like, it's so weird because I really like this Hearthstone set and I really like the meta, but at the same time, I'm just, I don't know if it's the ladder system, if I need to switch to Battlegrounds or something like that. I'm just, like, struggling on finding the motivation to want to grind through wins right now. Or grind through the ladder. Or anything like that. Even though I'm enjoying playing the game. It's weird. I don't know, I, I don't know what to do about that. Other than I've just been playing for seven years and, you know, you just hit that every once in a while. I mean, everyone has their own play, uh, the way they play the game, right? Certain people like Ray are going to be grinding for top legend. Other people just play to legend. Other people just play to get their card backs. I usually play until my all my extra stars are gone, and then I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like grinding this anymore. That's fine too. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe that's my stick. Is I just uh, I normally get about eight stars, and then once those are all gone, like I think I'm done. So not quite enough to hit legend, but one of these days I'll maybe I'll make that grind again. But um, I I just don't feel like it. So. I mean, it, it it's hard. Like unless like I think the only reason why I'm streaming so much is because I found a deck that I enjoy. Like I just truly enjoy playing, and it feels like I'm solving a puzzle almost every game, which is the Penflinger Paladin, right? Or APM Paladin or Librooms, whatever you want to call it. Um, if I didn't. Like, I kind of went from Priest to that because Priest started to get boring for me. And I'm still not bored of it yet. But I feel like if I was to just play Druid or, like, just play one of the Tier 1 decks, I would be so bored so quickly. Like, sure, I could do better. Especially if I just try-harded and just played the best decks. I could probably get to top 16, but I don't think I would have as much fun. I don't think I would be able to, like, actually stream and make content and, like, do stuff because I would just be so bored. So I feel like really just have to find that deck that you enjoy playing if you're lacking motivation because i don't really know another way to generate that motivation that's something i struggle with as well right yeah huh um i yeah it's i i i just don't know what it is other than it, it could be a handful of things like it could be i've played a lot of hearthstone in 2020 and it's just finally like you know i'm gonna play something else fall guys is obviously like taking my interest and um uh Mario next week uh you know I I love those platformer games and the new Mario like 
35th anniversary stuff's coming out. Well, they, they, I don't know if I'm going to play the Mario Battle Royale, but that doesn't even come out until October. Um, but next oh, week okay. they're releasing the uh, uh, 3D All-Stars, uh, which has like Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, and Mario Sunshine all in one Switch game. Um, that's Mario I'm, Galaxy 2, though. Yeah, not <laughs> That's Mar- the meme, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's the meme. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm really excited about that, and I'll probably be playing it a lot next week. Um, but I grew up on Mario. I grew up on platformers, so those games have kind of taken my attention a bit lately. Um, and, and I don't know. I need to. There's some stuff coming up with Battlegrounds. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, and maybe when that patch comes out, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll pick up Battlegrounds again and try it out. Uh, because one of the main reasons I haven't picked up Battlegrounds is I, I just I just feel like you know I'm galaxies behind everybody else right now that there's no there's no reason to even try you should go to reset yeah that's what i'm talking about that's the thing we're going to talk about later so um i'm with you yeah but um beyond that is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we hopped over and talked about the hearthstone news and what's going on over there uh that i can think of all right let's get it going this week in hearthstone heroes of warcraft Right, so the first thing that uh, we wanted to talk about that we didn't even get a chance to uh, last time. We meant to do a show like almost immediately after this, but last week was a crapshoot for all of us. Um, so instead, we're going to talk about it now. But patch 18.2 um, was announced and then released very quickly afterwards. And um, it was a pretty big Battlegrounds patch. Uh, the biggest thing is... Uh, that's when they introduce what's called battleground parties, um, where they've uh, where you can queue up, uh, up you know, to a full lobby, eight people, um, or you can get you and three of your friends to queue up in a ranked uh, eight eight man thing, um, and uh, play battlegrounds. It, it should be great for the like tournament scene if there ever ends up being one. I think they still need to fix the spectator mode a bit. Um, if they want to do that, though. Um, but probably the biggest thing that a lot of our listeners would be interested in and that Ray and Danny are probably most interested in is we had some card balance updates as well for uh, Standard and even Wild. Uh, not Wild specifically, but Targeted Wild. So, um, Danny, do you want to talk about the one that Targeted Wild first? Yeah, let's kick it off with Dark Glare. So Dark Glare was a three mana, three, four that read after your hero takes damage, refresh two mana crystals. And they uh, it's a nerf to the card in theory. It's a two mana, two, three. So they decrease the mana cost and they but they also decrease the effect. So you only refresh one mana crystal now. So the reasoning, at least I see behind this card, uh, in Wild, there was uh, a deck dubbed Dark Lair Warlock, which uh, essentially you damaged yourself a ton early game with things like Cobalt Librarian, Flame Imp, um, and you were able to get out Molten Giants and Flesh Giants as soon as turn three, turn four. So it was very reminiscent of the Naga Sea Witch stuff, but it actually came down a turn or two earlier, a little bit less consistent. The deck was actually fairly hard to pilot, um, but it was uh, pretty much devastating wild. Um, it was kind of like uh, pre-refined Naga Lock in the sense that um, if you played against this deck and you didn't run that one specific tech card to beat them, you lost. 
So everyone was, the whole meta was shaped around that deck. And this nerf kills that deck out entirely. So it's really nice to see that they were very proactive about this. The deck was only around for two weeks or so. And a lot of times in the past, looking at like Snip Snap, Naga, um, Star Aligner, it took them many months to make these changes. Um, so I, I, I'm really appreciative that they're either listening or maybe even they had some plans for Dark Glare, Warlock, and Standard, something similar that's going to be coming up in the next set or so. Um, and they realized just as a precursor that this wild shows that how devastating Dark Glare can actually be. Um, they wanted to tone it back in preparation for that. I Either way, I'm just super happy to see how responsive they were. Yeah, I I, I think this is the first time that we've seen them um, nerf a card specifically for Wild in a new set that quickly. Yeah, well, that was that a part of this set or was that the prior set? I think it was the prior set that had Dark Claire. Oh, I could be wrong. I thought it was part of this one, but... Uh... I mean, it, the, the, the deck really only came about because Flesh Giant became right. around you hit that critical mass of giants like you dark lair was run in zoo warlock and wild as of last set i believe yeah you're um, right it just wasn't i mean it was a good card it, it wasn't the the fulcrum of the deck though um but it with uh flesh giant and the zero mana um deal three damage to yourself and revive two minions that really put it over the top yep yeah you're right it was last set i was just uh, yeah. getting my cards mixed around so um uh, yeah, so that's big news for Wild. Um, going into some of the standard ones uh, that targeted standard a little bit more, um, we'll start off with uh, Secret Passage. Uh, that was the rogue uh, spell that costs one mana and replace your hand with five cards from your deck. Swap back next turn. Um, now it says replace your hand with four cards from your deck. Swap back next turn. So they reduce the amount of cards you can get by one. Um, Ray, what, what changes have you kind of notice with the meta with this one if any uh so honestly not too much at least for the secret passage stuff like that card is still just equally as insane as it is at five cards i feel like that card might actually need another nerf yeah to be perfectly honest um they did some buffs as well and for the most part it's all been pretty irrelevant so far from what i'm seeing uh, the Dark Glare change, even though that was mainly for Wild, is actually the most impactful standard change because Zoo was actually quite popular at the end of the season, last season in High Legend, probably just because it was so fast and generate was like good enough. Yeah, and Dark Glare was that. a good card to really just keep going. Yeah, and the games just ended so fast too, so it's like last day of Legend, you know, all those people that are trying to grind for top 16, like you just have to get so many games in, like it's harder to play something like Priest last minute, or just something slower in general, so there's just so many uh, zoo locks at the end of the season, but they kind of just completely fell off the face of the earth once that nerf happened, so I'm happy to see that one, particularly because uh, I've been pretty much only been playing Paladin, and Zoo was definitely one of the worst matchups, and now it's completely gone, but it's replaced by an even more painful deck to play against, which I was really hoping they were going to touch, but they did not, which is Turtle Mage. That deck <laughs> infuriates me. Infuriates I've everybody. I've started playing Living Dragon's Breath in my decks now just because of how much I hate Turtle Mage. Like, you might, like, it's probably not worth it for people at lower elos because I feel like you don't see it as much at least that's what my stream tells me because i'm like 
I'm over here streaming with like Living Dragon Breath or Double Living Dragon Breath, and like people are like, I literally don't play against Turtle Mage, and I'm just like, well, I'll play against it like one out of every four games. So yeah, it's I'm gonna play uh... like one or two of these because I just cannot stand just waiting thirty minutes to lose. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely a high level uh, deck that sees play there, not so much at the lower levels, but it definitely you can see the wild version of it. Oh yeah. The wild version runs ice block, um, so legitimate the freeze doesn't matter. Uh, so you literally just put up an ice block every single turn, and then uh, you you run cloud prints, just deal damage to them. So it's cloud prints and ice block. Mm-hmm. The standard so one just- runs ice barrier and cloud print, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. kind of similar. But they also have a freeze. It's just I don't know. It's so frustrating to play against it. I just get so bored because I can't do anything, and I'm literally just. If I don't play Live in Dragon's Breath, I just lose. Like, I'm waiting to hope that they draw, like, Double Potion or that they don't draw their uh, Sphere or whatever it is, the one-mana weapon, the legendary weapon, because that's how they never whiff, right? Is they just always put it to the bottom if they're going to draw their Potion or their Freeze or something that's super important for them to have in their deck. They'll just put it to the bottom. So it's like, if they don't draw the legendary weapon to guarantee that they never draw their cards that they need in their deck, then you're basically just waiting 30 minutes to hope that they do draw like double potion or double freeze or like some part of the combo. And like most of the time they don't like, they just don't get bad luck and you just die before. Like they'll just draw their cloud prints and they'll just deal six damage over and over and over again, but it'll just take so long and you don't want to concede at high legend because it's like every game matters like way more or like it feels like it does. So you're like, okay, well, I should play this out because like there is a chance that they mess up or there's a chance that they don't hit whatever until they already draw their other things or et cetera, et cetera. It's like it's just so frustrating to play against because they almost never whiff. But like there's always that small chance that they do that keeps you not conceding and keeps you playing the game. And it's just like, man, with Living Dragon's Breath, it feels good to like go to fatigue against them. And then just unfreeze your whole board and hit them in the face and kill them. Right. Like, I, I literally just, like, I think I would go crazy if I didn't play that card in my decks because I just hate losing to it so much. <laughs> yeah. Very reminis- reminiscent of those magic prison decks where you would literally just lock out your opponents from being yep. able to do anything. Like, mana destruction and magic, the devastation, that type of stuff. Yep. Oh, yep. The, dude, there was a version that I played against that played the... Uh, boom pistol bully and uh neophyte and every turn they would play double boom pistol bully like triple neophyte like they wouldn't even i don't even know what their win condition was but like they didn't play secrets or anything so they didn't have that they probably had like a one of like damage dealing card but like i all every turn every turn all my minions costed more than 10 and every turn all my spells costed two or three more so i was like okay i can't play minions and I keep with battle cry and I can't play spells. I just can't play the game. <laughs> like I literally just can't play the game. Like I don't know, I don't even know what to do. Like, why am I playing this out? Like, I'm gonna spend 30 minutes waiting for him to draw his whole deck to like eventually find his one card that deals damage. Yep. That he can copy over and over again. Yep. And then now they're playing one Earth and Ring Farseer as well. So it's like if you have this plan of like, okay, I'm just gonna pen fling them. Because before it was like somewhat easier because you could just go over their head and ignore their card. Like you could just pen flinger them, go over the head and then like kill your own minions. 
and end your turn so they can't kill their cartuts. But then they started playing Earth and Ring Farseer, so like you can't even do that. They just like it, it's so infuriating how good that deck is and how much time it wastes of my life. <laughs> it it's a worse version of Freeze Mage. As for dang sure. Like, I mean it's that's the reason why I hated uh, Freeze Mage, but this is like ten times worse because of that. And it's like the game's over on turn eight as well. That's the worst part is like the game is actually over on turn eight once they play the turtle and they get the potion. Like that's when the game actually ends 99% of the time. But you're playing for that extra half hour for that 1% that something happens. Right. Or you can win. Yep. Where you're trying to get that yeah. last chance. But is it really worth it? Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Oh. It is if you're at high legend. Maybe yeah. not if you're just trying to do a climb. If you're just doing a climb, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, because you get beaten by aggro on turn eight sometimes. I mean, in, in standard, at least. In wild, you're dead turn three, turn four sometimes. But, yeah. I mean, turn eight, being dead to aggro is not the end of the world. You, you'll you just chalk that up, up just an aggro loss. But, right. it, I mean, in this sense, it's like, well, I do have a 1% out, but you got to waste a half hour for it. It's the risk-reward type thing. How much do you want to invest into it? And at high elo, that makes sense. Yep. Um, let's see here. Some of the other cards. Uh, so Priest's uh, Cabal Acoly- Acolyte, uh, which was a 4-mana 2-6, now becomes a 4-mana 2-4. Uh, yeah. uh, eh. Was that card um, seeing play? Yes, yes. That card is one of the best Priest cards. It still is one of the best Priest yeah. cards. I was literally just doing up Priest before we did the show while I was waiting. And I don't know. It just feels like nothing like it's still just as good as it was before i mean it's slightly worse against things like uh bomb warrior and aggro because of the less health but ultimately you're still playing it with wave of apidsies stealing their dude and like most of the time in the matchups that you really actually want it against it does the, the health difference doesn't matter like against druid you're still just stealing their druid thing that's what's important yeah Mm-hmm. And then um, we got a couple more that aren't really nerfs, just like are, are just straight up balance changes. Um, totem Goliath, which was a uh, shaman minion totem, uh, five mana, four, five, uh, with death rattle, summon all four basic totems with an overload of two, is now a five, 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 with death rattle, summon all four basic totems with an overload of one. Um, I have no idea if that's seen play or not because I've never seen nope. it play before and I n- never see it play after. So Man, there's some people I that still... are messing around with it, but ultimately not really. I wish Tuscar Totemic still read Summon a Totem because this is a totem. That'd be sick to get this off of Tuscar Totemic. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Arch Archwitch Willow, which was a um Warlock legendary minion. Um, she was a nine mana seven seven. Battle cry, summon a random demon from your hand and deck, and now she's an eight mana five five with the uh, same same battle cry. Um, this is actually seeing some impact in wild. Oh yeah. Um, cube block is now uh, so the greedier versions of cube block are running uh, just more demons. Um, it was bad running arc arc before because it was like, well, I could either play a void lord or um, like another big demon, a Malganist from hand on turn nine. Why would I play this and summon an extra one? Um, but on eight mana now, you can kind of cheat that nine mana demon out. Um, I would assume that that's probably why it's not seeing play in standard because you guys just don't have big demons that you can cheat out uh like what's the big but the biggest demon that you guys have that imp 
Uh, the 10-minute imp dude? Honestly, I don't know. Is the 5-9 taunt a demon? I think there's like a big taunt demon. But that's in Demon Hunter. This is a Warlock card. Oh, is that Demon Hunter? Okay, yeah, I don't even know then. Maybe, yeah, the big imp or what? I think it's called big imp. But jumbo imp, imp, I think. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, jump, jumbo imp. There's really no use for it in standard, honestly. It's pretty bad. It's one of those cards. They're probably going to print a big demon next set, and you'll see that. This will come around eventually, but... I mean, yeah. you can already see that this is starting in the greedier versions. Uh, this is a tech card now in Wild, so uh, that's starting to be a thing. I wouldn't be surprised if this becomes part of a, a big demon thing that comes out next set. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those cards that's waiting on the <laughs> sidelines. Yeah. So that was all the changes that they did, and they were pretty small changes for the most part. And I wouldn't say that they really changed the meta all that much uh, as a well, except for Wild, where Danny was talking about Dark Glare being kind of a big deal. Um, and, uh, Ray, you were talking about, like, Zulok. Like, Dark Glare seemed to be the biggest change out of all of this for both Standard and Wild. Um, what do you guys think about these smaller changes that they're doing like this, though? Where they're not making these big sweeping changes, but kind of just doing these small ones here and there. Uh... I mean, I'm I'm a fan, especially of them like buffing cards that are just unplayable, uh, to maybe make them a little bit more playable. I feel like there's gonna be like a critical mass of some type where like for these shaman cards that they're buffing consistently, like they buff the six mana deal three damage one before, right? Yeah. And like they keep buffing all these like little shaman cards, or they're not little shaman cards, but like they just do these little buffs to these shaman cards, and I feel like eventually like they'll print enough support that with the buffs they'll become relevant even if it seems irrelevant right now at least that's what i'm hoping uh and for the warlock one like they saw it saw absolutely zero play like maybe they thought hey we can bump it up and then we're gonna print some demons like danny said it's gonna right maybe push that into being viable uh, i'm excited like I, i'm glad that they are making so many changes and nerfs and buffs and stuff like that. They're just actively balancing a lot more frequently, like games that I'm used to like watching or playing like league or TFT that have balance changes like every week or every month, like consistently scheduled balance changes where like, you know, the meta's never going to be terrible for long because they're going to just fix it. If it's too uh, miserable, and I, I like Blizzard taking that approach where they're just consistently just doing balance changes. Yeah. So it's the one advantage they have over regular card games, and they yeah. didn't take advantage of that for so long. Like, right. I was surprised that they took, like, that long to nerf anything for the most part. I mean, obviously, we saw nerfs in, like, beta and stuff, but after that, I feel like it took forever to have any type of yep. nerfs happen to cards. Well, it's, a, it's the whole changing of the guard that happened in my opinion, where you had the uh, designers of the game, of the original concept of the game, with Eric Dodds and Ben Brode uh, being the game director, uh, back-to-back, and they were both like in there at the beginning uh, creating this game, and they had the concept of this is going to be like a physical game. We want players to feel like they have a collection that is stable and doesn't change. And um, uh, they have left the company. Uh, a bunch of other designers that were with them had left the company. And they brought in a new game director. They brought in, and their philosophy has changed. Uh, 
um, they no longer see it that way. And I think that's a, that's a significant change that they've done recently. The player base has also matured too. That's one thing that I think that if we had these types of balance changes when, um, w like when Vanilla was out and stuff like that, I don't think it would be. Um, I think that they're doing it because we're all, all a lot more experienced and we solve metas quicker and yeah. like we're all veteran card players at this point. If you've been around for long, so I think the average skill level of the player base is just generally higher than it has ever been. So um, making these changes really helps the play those veteran players out. This is something that's geared at least for the semi-competitive player. Yeah, that's, that's very true as well. Um, some of the other things that they added to this patch, we got like three new heroes for Battlegrounds, um, which I thought were kind of interesting, and so I want to talk about them real quick. Um, Lord Barov with the hero power of guess which player will win their next combat. If they win, get three coins. I thought that was a really cool um, hero power. Coin flip simulator. What's that? <laughs> Literal coin flip simulator. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then you've got uh, Jandis here. Uh, Jandis Brav, which her hero power is uh, zero cost, but it's swap a friendly non-golden uh, minion with a random one in Bob's Tavern. And that one is just stupid with... Um, uh the pogos the pogo hoppers like it's just insane the like huge amount of pogo hoppers you can get or uh, size wise um i've seen a couple games where it's just that's definitely what they go for and that's their win condition um yeah i saw show complaining about i or people were comparing it to eudora like once you figure out once uh the good players figured out how to actually play the hero just got too good right yep yeah I've seen a lot of people complain about that hero power as well. Um, and then you've got uh, Forest Warden Omu, who has a passive hero power. Uh, after you upgrade Bob's Tavern, gain two gold this turn only. Uh, so it's a nice little way to um, get some extra gold when you uh, uh, pump up the tavern. I, I think all three of those heroes are pretty cool. Um, Jandis might actually be a little broken. Um, but then they did some minor uh, minion changes there, but um, I, I mostly just wanted to talk about the heroes because I thought they were interesting. Yeah. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but speaking of Battlegrounds and uh, the changes we got there, um, Dean Ayala, one of the uh, uh, de uh, developers there on the Hearthstone team, uh, was talking about on Reddit what, will kind of, what they're targeting for the next major Battlegrounds patch, which is going to be patch 18.4. Um, they haven't announced yet when that is going to be um but i imagine that like the pace that they've been going like i could see it within the next three weeks maybe um maybe sooner i i really don't know uh because they seem to be getting these like major patches on almost a two to three week cadence it seems right mm -hmm. um so the the interesting thing about this is uh he talks about uh ranked resets and that they're going to, in the next major Battlegrounds patch, and then every major Battlegrounds patch after that, they're going to reset your MMR. And that's something that we were talking about at the beginning of the show, that I'm like, well, when they do that, I might actually start playing Battlegrounds again, uh, because I won't feel like I'm like so far behind and would never catch up to anything competitive at all. Um, yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. 
he also explained their two their the way the MMR kind of works in Battlegrounds, which we already kind of knew about. Like there's the visible MMR that you see on the screen, and then there's the um like hidden MMR that you don't see. And what they're resetting is that visible MMR. Um so when you start playing and uh if you're really good and you continue being really good you're you're obviously going to have that higher MMR and so what's going to happen is that's just going to slingshot you up higher after the reset um which, oh, okay. so the so that like good players are still really so it's good. not a hard reset right, right. yep that's how, that's how most games do it to be honest uh yeah yeah like you don't ever like reset down to bronze if you're like a challenger league player that would be kind of unfair yeah, think, kind of unfair i mean super unfair yeah i think starcraft does this um most they do like a full like a one hard reset every like year or something doesn't that happen at some point i have no idea to be honest maybe uh not for any of the games that i play i mean hearthstone did do a hard reset but they stopped doing that lately like even hearthstone has that system now where it's like a hidden mmr type thing right um but yeah so you know we'll have uh we'll have that going for us in patch 18.4 he also talked about a little bit about um players taking advantage of what we were talking about i don't remember if we were talking about on the show or we were talking about before the show um but they were uh the four player uh views in battlegrounds uh you kind of get a a quote-unquote strong advantage uh, depending on if your party kind of knows what they're doing uh, over the other players, because you can kind of take advantage of that to propel someone higher up uh, right. on your team. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show. So just to recap uh, what we were talking about before, in other types of auto battlers, this was around in auto chess and like the original. And uh, it's definitely was a thing in TFT as well, where you would be able to get up to four players to queue together. And then essentially the three players would sandbag and contest units that, uh, that your opponents were going for and allow one person to essentially win. So you would slingshot that one person's MMR um, while sandbagging with three other people. So that's something that is already seemingly happening right now. Um, so that's something you want to be concerned about. Um, although Ixstar did make a probably the most open Reddit post I've seen uh, a Hearthstone dev make, where he went through what their methodology is and what they're planning on doing about this, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I don't fully understand any of it, but it is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially what Ixar said uh, in his thing is that they're going through and collecting data on how, what it looks like when you have four people queued together. Um, and their current approach is that based on um, how well like people do in parties together as opposed to being separate, um, they're going to put uh, some sort of modifier on the amount of MMR that you win as a part of being a party. Um, but they, but if it doesn't work for whatever reason, and he literally says actual or like perceived fairness, um, there are a couple other avenues that they're looking at, such as separate queues, uh, disabling group queue above a certain MMR, or even just shutting down group queue for ranked. So, um, I mean, this is very similar to what TFT did. Uh, they did so that once you get above diamond, um, you can no longer duo queue. 
Um, so they did that so that masters have that competitive integrity. So because that was one of the things when trading was fairly prevalent in TFT. So they just shut down uh, group queuing above a specific rank. And if you wanted to group queue and you were above that rank, you have to do it in friendlies. But I mean, the majority of the player base is below that. Um, and it was really only that that win trading was really only seeing uh, like a major impact in that masters and above level. So um, I think that that would be an interesting thing to see Hearthstone do. It's glad to, it's good to see that uh, Ixar is putting all of their potential options to what they're considering out there. Like before, they would say, "Oh, we're monitoring this," but they wouldn't tell us what the internal thinking is. Uh, yeah. I'm actually very happy that we see he we we have all these different plans, and depending on how things turn out, we'll adjust accordingly, which is very open and incredibly transparent. So I'm very glad that he put something like this out. Do you guys think that we'll ever see like competitive battlegrounds? Yes. Now that now that they have yeah. battlegrounds parties, hundred uh, percent. I mean, there I mean, already was competitive battlegrounds players. There were some people who were already doing that. I right. mean, Crip already hosted a tournament for battlegrounds. Oh yeah, I haven't like, been paying uh, attention. <laughs> he, he like partnered with Red Bull or Twitch or something and hosted like a full blown uh, battlegrounds tournament with like Dog Hafu, like all the all the big streamers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so it's taken off running for sure. Yeah. Uh, like, I watched a streamer that was kind of doing something like that as well. Um, I don't remember her name now, though. Uh, it was, like, Salissa, I think. Is that, uh, that her name? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a Hearthstone streamer. Yeah, so she was, uh, she was, like, hosting, like, a tournament as well. And that was one thing I noticed is, like, the spectator mode was kind of weird because she'd, like, have to spectate on one person. And then if they got out, she would have to, like, go like leave the game and then find the other person and spectate them and it was like kind of weird oh you can't just like click like a person it like you can't spectate the whole game as one and like click through like you can in league yeah it didn't seem like that it seemed like you can only spectate the person that you're spectating oh that's yeah. weird like tft yeah. you can like spectate everybody basically no like, you can't you tft there's no spectate function they're having issues with that as well are they yeah, you can't spectate TFT. You have to. Well, they they do for the tournaments, but they literally have every person stream up and they swap through it. If you're watching any of those broadcasts, oh, there's no spectate mode for TFT. Oh, I thought it was like uh like how League is with League. You, you just like spectate the match as a whole. Yeah, and you can just like you choose who you want to watch. That's what Mort Dog, the lead developer of TFT, says is their highest priority thing that they're working on right now. Besides getting this new set out, is getting a spectating mode working. They're having some issues with it, but it seems like just general battlegrounds, uh, auto battler type things, all of them have uh, spectate issues. Huh. Although, I mean, Hearthstone has notoriously been fantastic with spectating, so we should see something very quickly, right? Yeah, we're mm. ne we're never gonna see something. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as good as they are at tournament modes or tournament platforms. <laughs> speaking Equally, it's a strong suit. Speaking of tournament platforms. Oh, uh, yeah, this is great. Like, I'm super excited about this. Seems like Battlefy ha might have a competitor here pretty soon. Uh, uh, Battlefy is about to get its socks knocked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to talk about this a little bit, Danny? 
Sure. So Twitch itself is uh, bringing in the big guns. Uh, they just released a, what they call Twitch Versus, which is its own tournament um, offering software. Right now it's in beta, so there are some streamers that have access to this. Um, but more or less, um, it, 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 this is, it comes off of their Twitch rivals, where Twitch has been hosting all of these different tournaments where they had like all of the things from Fall Guys to chess to TFT League. They've been doing a bunch of different tournaments, and um, they're trying to put some sort of platform out to any streamer on Twitch where you're able to organize and host a tournament in any game. So uh, this is, uh, I mean, Twitch does very well on these types of initiatives. Um, it's in beta right now, so I don't really know what it's like. I haven't really seen it, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised that if um, if Twitch comes through with something that's really good um, for Battlefied to to start diminishing its hold on the Hearthstone scene. Yeah. So right before um, we started recording this, I was watching Twitch Rivals, and they were doing Fall Guys, and that's the reason why I was watching it, um, because, you know, I'm super into that game right now. And, you know, they have, you know, how Twitch has the overlays and stuff like that that you can click on. Um, so the Twitch Rivals stuff, like, they would have, like, the leaderboards, and so you can click on that and kind of see what the leaderboards are on the stream that you're watching um, and different things that you can click on uh, to, to, to see, like, stats or whatever. And I'm kind of wondering if they'll introduce something like that with this as well. Um, so, like, if someone's hosting a tournament or something like that, uh, while you're watching the stream, you just click right there on the, on the uh, uh, you know, on the video, basically, and bring up a bracket or something like that. Yeah, that'd be super cool. I mean, it's it's great because it's Twitch themselves doing it, so they have right. full integration capabilities, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, this is something I'm very hopeful for because, I mean, I've ran many a Battlefy, many a Smash GG tournament, and it's always a pain in the butt to handle. You have to, like, do admin things, and then getting things coordinated is difficult, and then, uh, like, having something integrated directly into Twitch, because you're always streaming these tournaments. There's, like, a 99% chance that someone is streaming this yep. and the ability to have something like even if it's not being streamed but imagine like if a master's qualifier event or something had this where it was being run on twitch and all of a sudden they can say hey we know that ray is streaming his game let's hop over to him and they can just go through and like do what they do with twitch rivals where they can just dip over to someone's stream and go over that i think that would be really cool yep definitely that'd be cool but they would have to trust us well, no, they go through and they, well, I mean, it's kind of like Twitch rivals, so uh, putting it on a grand scale definitely has that trust factor, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, what do you think What do you think about that, Ray? Uh, Are you ready to get off Battlefy and go to Twitch? I mean, I'm excited for anything new. I mean, there's a chance that it also means that we might get more tournaments in general for games that I play. So, like, even if it's not Hearthstone, it's pretty exciting to just have more opportunities to play in things. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing really that I am concerned outside. about with this, the, uh, the the one concern that I have is that didn't Hearthstone switch over to YouTube as its major esports hub? Yep. They don't use Twitch. Yep. So 
this is kind of like a competitor now. So I don't know if this causes Hearthstone to go back to Twitch, but maybe they literally just can't use this for things like the Masters Tour or the yeah. for like Grandmasters and stuff like that. So Probably that's not. the that's the downside that I could see where it's like this cool new capability is going to be there, but due to contracts and all that stuff, Hearthstone might not be able to. Well, so so it all depends, right? It it all depends on if Twitch makes this so that it's can only use it if it's exclusive to their platform or if they open it up so anybody can use it like platform uh, independent i feel I like it's going to be to themselves yeah yeah I, w- I would assume that too but you never know uh they, they probably will it's amazon it might what be a good bargaining chip though to get them back that's one thing i mean the issue though is how big is hearthstone is an esports market and right like it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it's doing too yeah, well on yeah. youtube well i mean that, like do you that, really think that's a thing they're gonna bargain for that right. they care about like right the masters tour has four thousand viewers right now that's the, nothing the whole reason the whole reason hearthstone went over there had nothing to do with hearthstone either it had to do with blizzard getting a getting a deal on um being able to use uh AWS serverless or uh not AWS uh Google's servers right for for their games and stuff like that um and yeah, esports just kind of got shoved into that right it wasn't a it wasn't a Hearthstone initiative it was an Activision Blizzard initiative um that Hearthstone got stuck with unfortunately so unlucky yep um but yeah, so is there anything else that uh, you guys want to talk about with the meta or anything like that? Um, I, I did get, I have it under the email section, but it was more of a uh, post in our Discord that I think is a good discussion. But was there anything you guys wanted to talk about on what you're playing or? Um, I think that Penflinger Paladin is a really cool deck, and you should check it out if you haven't already. Um, ton of fun, but pretty high skill cap, so. Not necessarily the easiest to play, but it's super rewarding. So what's the win condition on that? Like, uh, there's what are like you doing? Just, there's a bunch of different win conditions, <laughs> honestly. Sometimes you just curve out with your minions, and you kill them. And sometimes you pyroblast them in the face every turn with Penflinger. All right. So, like, it, what are the cards that you're playing to, like, pop off that combo? Um, Libram of Wisdom and just, con- like, them costing zero mana and then trading in that minion keep playing zero mana Libra Wisdoms while you're pen flinging them. But a lot of the times when you end up doing that, it's against matchups that are slower, so you get Lady Liadran, so you have like five or six Libra Wisdoms that cost zero mana, but you're just like loading them up on one minion, pen flinging them in the face, trading it in, getting them all back, and then doing it again, and then hitting them in the face, all while pen flinging them and buffing your minions. Yeah. Crazy stuff like that. And then there's also like Broomstick, Sungill, Cultmaster, to like draw your whole deck. Yeah. There's there there's a lot of things going on in that deck. It's it's a mish, mishmash of uh, shenanigans. And you're I like how you're running Cult Master. That's a pretty cool card to run. I haven't seen that in a long time. I mean, it works really well with Broomstick and things that like the Dormant Murloc. Like, and it's only like on turn five you can do it and draw like four plus cards. Yeah. So it's kind of a uh, Cool combo. I don't think a lot of people really respect it. Honestly, really only me and Wobeka have been playing it, and this one dude named Glee actually got top 16 with it, and uh, he's somebody who watches my stream and talks to my Discord, so that's pretty cool. He uh, he played it. He's playing it in the Masters Tour. He was like 3-1 last time I checked. Nice. Like, I want somebody to do well with it. Like I want to try to make the push just so people will like take it more seriously, because I feel like the people who don't take 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of people just don't really try things like that. Like they write a lot of things off before really actually giving it a chance. I remember that with Odd Mage a long time ago or Bitcoin Mage, where like a lot of the other pro players were just like making fun of me for playing stuff like that, even though I was doing well with it. Right. But they also just did that stuff without ever actually playing the deck. Right. So it's just kind of like you could try the deck first before you talk crap about it. Maybe, but maybe, but that's work. That's work, Ray. Come on. I mean, it's not just work. It's also like they see it as wasting their time. Like Bloody Face was the only one who practiced with me when I was playing Odd Mage for the play for that playoffs. Like nobody else wanted to waste their time playing against that deck, right? Because they didn't think of it as like something that's viable. And then they got screwed. Actually, I don't know. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> uh, Bloody Face did really well that tournament, but he was also playing a really weird lineup. He was playing like a card druid. So, like, he was testing with me playing a weird deck, and I was, like, he was also playing weird stuff. So, we're helping each other out through just playing weird stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll play, I'll play you with my bad deck if you play. <laughs> if, you, if you sit through playing with your, you know what I mean? Right. But he ended up getting top eight, top four, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'm, I'm going to move on here to... Uh, uh, it it was kind of a wasn't really an email, but it's from one of the listeners from our show who's in our Discord, uh, Mac Daddy Guns. Uh, he posted something for us like a couple days ago, and I thought it was a really interesting discussion and could be a could be a decent topic for us to talk about here. Um, he goes, he even said, perhaps a topic for a discussion on the next episode. Um, is it just me or does Hearthstone seem more expensive? this year than previous years. Um, since uh, day one, I only ever purchased a premium pre-order bundle, uh, the one which included the most amount of card packs for each expansion. Uh, I would then use all remaining gold I earned during the previous expansion on additional card packs, and uh, I dismantle all duplicate cards, including gold cards. With this purchasing pattern, I managed to accumulate over 12K in dust over the course of a few years, up until the beginning of uh, 2019, if I didn't, uh, if I didn't dust particular cards to make a me- meta deck, I would have plenty of dust to craft it. Uh, since then, I have noticed that my dust stockpile has severely diminished. Now, 18 months later, I finally run out of my stockpile, and am faced with either having to dismantle an old unused cards or purchasing more packs to have a full deck for the meta decks. Is anybody else feeling the same? Um, just for some background here, I responded to him on Discord with this. Um, I like track all of my money purchases for the last five years at least, um, because I do a lot of my budgeting and stuff around uh, what I can spend on certain things. In Hearthstone, I actually have as a category of things that I budget money towards, and um, uh, so since 2015. I went and looked back at all of my Hearthstone purchases, and uh, to be honest, this year I'm pretty much still on the same pace. I usually spend about $350 a year on Hearthstone, and uh, this year it looks like I might be spending maybe a little bit more. It might be up to like four, four twenty-five. So I might be spending about $75 more this year um, than I have in previous. But I think a lot of that is because they kind of introduced those bundles where you can kind of double up. And I, they also did some stuff where you can buy um, 
some different bundles throughout the year that I think I picked up that increased my cost a little bit. I don't think it has anything for me to do with buying cards to get or getting dust, not getting enough dust to craft the cards that I need. Um, but maybe some other people are running into that. I know Mac Daddy Gons was talking about, well, maybe it's because um, there's a lot of Highlander decks right now. And so you need a lot of different legendaries and stuff like that. Um, mm. And also, you're just not getting as much dust because you have that no duplicate rule happening now. And so you don't you just don't get enough dust anymore. One thing yeah. that I also see is that between sets, I, I feel that a lot of the decks shift. I think in prior years, like Kobolds and Catacombs, Knights of the Frozen Throne, there were probably, if you, if you look at like Q-Block from back then, that deck stayed the same, plus or minus 10 cards for three sets in a row. Whereas I think now things just get shifted up very quickly. I think each new set is very strong and they create their own decks based off of the new cards. So I think there's more decks in general now, uh, or they la the, there are more that are being generated at this point. So like this APM Paladin is completely different than any other Paladin that we've seen uh, for a while, right? Because uh, like the Librams haven't really seen much play prior to this, but now Ray's play in this deck and it's around. And there's like a new deck that pops up every single expansion. There's a lot of them now. I think that might be a factor that's ha that's uh, on this as well. The decks are just changing so much based off of the new cards that are coming in. Yeah. And I think the the power creep is greater right now too in some of the uh, in some of the sets um whereas uh i think the legendaries are better than they had been previously because you used to get by with there's maybe five legendary cards that you kind of wanted and then you can kind of ignore the rest and i don't feel like that's the case anymore um uh, i also think that at least right now a lot of the cards that are being used even in the aggro decks like before we had a lot of aggro in the meta where the decks were just dirt cheap, right? Like aggro hunter, like zoo used to be dirt cheap, stuff like that. Whereas now these aggro decks are not cheap anymore. Like tempo mage. I was just watching the masters tour all day. Almost every single time when they put the deck code on the stream, tempo mage is the one that costs the most dust out of like any other deck. And all the aggro decks actually are costing around the same amount of dust as even the control decks, which is, I mean, it's because of the legendaries, most likely, but even like Zoo, like Flesh, Flesh Giant is like a, an epic and um, you have you just have so many cards that are more expensive for some reason. Uh, maybe they're realizing that I, I, I don't I don't really know what it is, but like before we'd have cards like Bone Mare was a common, right? Right. And that was like one of the best aggro cards or like one of the best cards in the game in general. It feels like they're pushing the cards that end up being better as like higher rarities than before. Whereas like a lot of the low key best cards were commons. I mean, right now you still have that to some degree, like broomstick and stuff, but I don't know. It feels like you just have cards like secret passage and evocation and stuff that like, you know, are just absolutely insane. And they're like high rarities. Could this also be an effect of them constantly um, kind of changing the evergreen set, the classic set? Um, to moving stuff in, like rotating stuff into the Hall of Fame, um, so that it's no longer in standard, and or, uh, just nerfing the card so it's never really seen play anymore. Because I feel like, uh, decks yes. nowadays have a lot less classic cards than what they used to. Oh, for sure. I mean, people. Oops, sorry. 
uh people always ask me like before when they'd ask me like oh what's the best neutral legendary to craft it's like oh zilliax easy or like oh ragnaros or something like that where it's like that card is played in so many decks right whereas right. nowadays a lot of the cards like the neutral cards aren't as prevalent it's just like most of the cards are class cards that you're playing in these decks that are just like super important i don't even know a good yeah. answer for stuff like that anymore like oh what's the best neutral legendary to craft i think i don't know can you answer that they are like i have no idea for standard it's like i can't think of one right now either off the top of my head like like that's the thing like i can't even think of one off the top of my head right now i'm just like i don't i don't know like i, well, I big know. Staff on those maybe <laughs> no like, that's played in that's a one deck yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying, right? That's that's the only one I can think of. Or like it's not even played in mage. You just discover it randomly off of the one mana uh spell, the, spell damage. The Ben Road card, right? Yeah. Like I don't I don't even know what's neutral that you do anymore. So yeah, that's probably a huge part of it too. Yeah, you have less. And that crossover might actually be decks. tied into Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that's what I was saying. Like you normally had that core of classic cards that you would slot into every single deck. And that no longer that it's probably why I think there's more decks, right? Because you don't have that core like package that you're slotting into everything now. And it just feels like everything's very different. But maybe there's the same number of decks, it's just that that core package is no longer a part of them. Hmm. True. Also, yeah. quick update. Just randomly, the homie Glee got to date. He made it to day two with Paladin hard carrying. He said, nice. let's go. Hell yeah. There you go. Pinflinger Paladin is rising up in the ranks. Might want to might want to uh, uh, get in Best. on that now. It's next Invest Bitcoin. at the bottom. Invest. Get your Invest free ranks now. today, boys. <laughs> Learn the deck. Climb easy. Nobody knows yet. Bitcoin gonna, Paladins coming to you. Get it on the bottom before people know how to play against it. There you go. But uh, no, I, I, you know, and I, I guess that's true. Like, I know Mac Daddy Guns, like, he'll play, like, a lot of different decks. And probably why it doesn't seem, like, more expensive to me is I normally latch, still just always latch on to, like, one or two. Um, and, and they have to be, like, it, it, the deck has to kind of, quote unquote speak to me as in something I want to play. And I tend to gravitate a lot towards more aggro um than anything. So maybe for me it's just I I I just haven't really seen it, but I can understand where others definitely probably are. Yeah. I I don't know. I just asked my team to buy me all the stuff. <laughs> Panda Global just pays for it all. Yep. Nice. I did not actually know that, but that's pretty cool. Um but yeah, anything else you guys wanted to add to that, or you ready to get out of here? I think uh, I'm good. All right. Um, cool. So, let's see, where are we at? So, as we get out of here, there's a handful of different ways uh, that you can help support the show if you'd like. Uh, one of those is through Patreon over at patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, uh, you can you normally get the show a little bit earlier. Sometimes there's a pre-show. Sometimes there's a post-show. Um, usually when there's not, it's because we're talking about stuff that we probably shouldn't be uh, publishing out there. So this week, that's one of those. Um, another way that you can help support the show 
is over on like uh like reviews for podcasts like itunes reviews uh if you head over there and leave a nice little review over there we'll read out next week's show it helps other people find the show for us so you can always uh you know another great way also they can help support us is go check out our discord like mac daddy guns and uh chat with us over there and chat chat about the game so it's a good way to get in contact with us too and uh we'll have information with that for that on the show notes because the link is the invite link is super weird so it's a jumbled bunch of letters basically so uh go check out the show notes or go to like our twitter account we have it there on our profile uh you can find us there on twitter at well met podcast so shout outs and how can people get in contact with you uh ray uh shout outs to everybody who's been watching my stream lately i really appreciate it uh it's been going really well i've been having fun playing some paladin flinging pens at people throwing books at them just uh you can find me on twitch.tv slash ray c and on twitter at pg underscore ray c and i've been streaming pretty much every day for the most part yeah and uh also we play among us as well sometimes but if you're into that kind of stuff definitely check it out yeah how about you danny Shout out this week is going to go to Twitch because Twitch is bringing out that Twitch versus. I'm super excited. Um, Battlefy, your days are numbered. <laughs> Where can um, people find you? And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DannyDonuts underscore HS. Uh, as for me, you can find me over on Twitter uh, at Eldorian. I'm streaming a little bit every once in a while over at twitch.tv slash Eldorian BP. BP stands for Blizz Pro. Um, and I've been streaming Fall Guys primarily. Might stream some Mario next week. We'll see. Um, normally I'm on weekends or in the like late, late evenings. So, um, but beyond that, uh, thanks for joining us for episode 241 of Well Met. You can find more awesome Hearthstone content throughout the week over at hearthstone.blizzpro.com. You can also tweet us at Walmart Podcast or email us walmartblisspro.com with comments, questions, and ideas that you have for the show. Uh, thanks to Jake Buttonu for our amazing intro music. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>